Love you, Jesus. Love you, God. We're so thankful for your presence tonight, Lord. You're always so faithful, God. Every time, every time we worship you, you never fail to come in a greater measure. You always, always show up. Thank you for your presence tonight, Lord. God, God, we may be few, but there's more with us than we can see. Thank you, God. Thank you that tonight, Lord, we, we got to participate in the roar of heaven worship with the angels around your throne, singing holy, 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 worthy, 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 you're so worthy, you're so holy, thank you God, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus that as we behold your glory tonight, that we get to be changed, that we are transformed into your likeness as we behold your face. Even now, Jesus, we behold your face. The veil has been removed. The veil has been torn. We thank you, Jesus. We stand tonight in your holy place, in your most holy place, and we behold you. We behold your glory, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We just say tonight, God, have your way. Have your way in us. Have your way in me, Lord. We want to be like you, Jesus. We want to be more like you. We want to be transformed into that image, into the image of the one the one and only Son of God. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you make it so easy for us. That all we have to do is come into your presence and behold your face. And you change us. You transform us to glory, to glory with increasing measures. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
Scripture tells us that when we come together, the Spirit of the Lord is present. And one may have a scripture, one may have a, a spiritual song, one may have a, a prophecy or a vision, a word of encouragement. So I just want to take time and let's just encourage other, not just us in the room, but for those who will, who will listen later. So if you have something that you want to deposit, if the Lord gave you a download, I'm just going to hand the microphone to whoever wants Or if you have a prayer or something to pray. During worship, the Lord was showing me that I'm not really trusting in the Lord. 
not really trusting in his love for me. I'm trusting in myself. I'm defending myself. I'm walking in my understanding. And I'm not really walking in the understanding that he has given his angels charge over me. That I can trust in the love of Jesus. And he has given a host of heaven charge over me to keep me from stumbling. That I don't have to walk in my understanding. That I can trust in the shield of faith that he has given me, not in my own. Lord, I want to be a living sacrifice. So I surrender to you, Lord, my flesh, my mind, my heart, my soul, my spirit, the the need that I still have that you aren't going to fully catch me, the need that I have that you are going to let something happen, just that, that little sliver, that little area in my life that I still need the Lord to come in and touch. So Holy Spirit, I just invite you to come in. Blow your wind. Catch me up in the wind of the Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and burn away all the chaff. Search my heart and see if there's any anxiety in me. The deepest crevice, the deepest places that I've been in denial about, that maybe I couldn't even see before until today. Search me and know me. I surrender all of those areas to you. I surrender my understanding and I want to walk in the fullness of your understanding as a living sacrifice. I submit my need to defend myself. Lord. Holy Spirit, use me. me. I want to be a walking vessel of the kingdom of heaven. As we're waiting on the Lord, I can just hear him saying, I'm here. I'm here for you. Whatever it is that's going on, I'm here for you. We just wait on you, Lord God. We want to wait on you and just be in your presence for every revelation you have. 
Thank you, Lord, that you're gentle and kind, no matter what the circumstances. You're here for us. You're right beside us. Thank you, Lord. Now the promise, the promise of entering into God's rest is still for us today. So we must be extremely careful, <clears throat> excuse me, extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise and not fail to experience it. For we have heard the good news of deliverance, just as they did. Yet they didn't join their faith with the word. Instead, what they heard didn't affect them deeply, for they doubted. For those of us who believe, faith activates the promise. And we experience the realm of confident rest. <clears throat> for he has said, I was grieved with them and made a solemn oath. They will not enter into my rest. God's works have all been completed from the foundation of the world. For it says in the scriptures, on the seventh day God rested from all his works. <clears throat> and again, as stated before, they will not enter into my rest. Those who first heard the good news of deliverance failed to enter into that realm of faith's rest because they're unbelieving hearts. Yet the fact remains that we still have the opportunity to enter into the faith rest life. Enter into the faith rest life and experience the fullness of the promise. For God still has ordained a day for us to enter into called today. For it was long afterwards that God repeated it in David's words. If only today you would listen to his voice and do not harden your hearts. Now if this promise of rest was fulfilled when Joshua brought the people into the land... God wouldn't have spoken later of another rest yet to come. So we conclude that there is still a full and complete Sabbath rest waiting for believers to experience. As we enter into God's faith rest, life, we cease from our own works. Just as God celebrated his finished works and rests in them, so then we must be eager to experience this faith rest life so that no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief. I know that's a, a deep word, but God, tonight we, we rest. We step into that faith rest life.
we rest in your finished works, the finished work of the cross. We rest in your righteousness and in your holiness as we declare tonight in worship, holy, 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 worthy, worthy, worthy. All hail King Jesus. We rest in you, Jesus. We thank you, God, that we can lay all of our striving down, all of our wrestling, all of our grappling. We just rest in your completeness, your all-sufficiency. You truly are everything. You are everything. There's only you and you are everything. So we thank you, Jesus. We thank you that all we need is in you. All that we need is found in you. And we just plunge ourselves into the depths of your grace tonight, into the depths of your spirit. And we just say, saturate us. Saturate us. can add to that that to really rest in the Lord means that we fully trust in him we can trust in him during the night while we're sleeping we can trust in him during the day while we're going about the work that he has called us to we can rest knowing that our father in heaven he's resting because the work is finished so Lord, just help us to fully step into that peace and that rest that you have us. We are in your hands. You have equipped us for every good work. Every good work. We are equipped. You don't send us anywhere without equipping us first. And you're such a good God that you give us a day of rest and there's even whole weeks of festivals of just resting in you and we can just take that time to trust you to delight ourselves in your presence to have fellowship all of those things that are so good lord to be seated at a banquet table not worried about our enemies not worried about those areas that we're unsure of, we can turn those over to you and sit at the table with you and just rest, Lord. You renew our spirit. You renew our mind. Those burdens that we take on, those anxieties, those questions, those strivings, we can just turn those off and turn them over to you in Jesus' name because our mind is renewed you wash us in the water of your word. So Lord, we just come into agreement with that rest. 
Can we just step into those pools of water, into that garden, that garden of fellowship that we have with you? Your presence just comes in like in the coolness of the morning. Upon a breeze, your spirit just comes through and it rejuvenates, reawakens, refreshes us. Teach us to labor to rest, that we would be a house that knows how to rest in you. Jesus had gone to Martha and Mary's house. And Martha was busy preparing things for her guests. And she she asked Jesus, why don't you tell Mary's just sitting at her feet, at, at Jesus' feet? Well, anyway, the Lord... Jesus answered her and said, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted. And then he says, and I won't take this privilege from her. And that's from Luke 10. In 1 Corinthians 13, it says that love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous. It doesn't brag about achievements or self-importance. It doesn't seek to shame others and disrespect. It's not easily irritated or takes offense. Love is a safe place of shelter. It never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. And Mary had found love. She found Jesus. She found the Word. And later in Corinthians 13, it says, There are three things that remain, faith, hope, and love. Yet love surpasses them all. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. Lord, we're here for love. We're here for more of your love. We're here to abide in you. We lay down our cares and our worries, and we simply rest in your love, your love that never fails, your love that will, will not take the privilege away from us, 
from being with you. Thank you, Jesus. It's an open mic night, so if you got something. All throughout worship, I was um, seeing that we were in the throne room. It's like it's in a cloud, surrounded by angels, some of them like 14, 18 feet tall, others small, other cherub-like. And we as a, as a church body, even those who are not here tonight, were surrounding Jesus sitting on his throne holding hands in complete support of each other, all with our eyes on Jesus, all just feeling the, feeling the emanations, filling our hearts from Jesus' love. We're in complete support of each other, respect for each other, deepest love, encouragement, That we have this this strong bond as a as a body of Christ. And I think each of us can feel now that we're taking it out into the world, that we literally are changing atmospheres, that people are looking to us and seeing something that they don't have in their own lives, that they want. They're they're seeking God through us which is our purpose for being here. This is just growing and growing. There are so many faces I saw in this circle that I've never seen before. I think, I think maybe that's the future of Legacy City and that just with the love of Jesus, we are just drawing people to this center, this vortex where Jesus always dwells. And we're, we're on the verge of something exponential in growth. We have such a strong foundation. And it's all based on our love for Jesus. his rest <clears throat> I appreciate um, it was probably Bill Johnson that said rest is not inactivity rest is not a, it's not inactivity it's, it's a place it's a position that we hold where we don't strive to earn what he's already given us but we've been invited to the banquet table. And I just feel like his, his hand, he's, he is really that good. 
that his hand is extended to us every day, every moment to come and sit and feast with him. People said without Mary, without Martha's, no work would get done in the church. But again, Bill, I like, Bill always has the perfect answers for these things. <clears throat> Mary was, or Martha was busy making sandwiches that Jesus didn't ask for. And Mary did choose the, the better thing. It's what he wants for us. So Psalm 23, <clears throat> David found the key. He said, Yahweh is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have... <clears throat> this is terrible sounding. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace near the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me the right path <clears throat> and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. And even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me for you already have yeah Jesus tonight we, we just say conquer us conquer our hearts conquer our restlessness our need to, to try to add to what you've already done and help us to find that place of perfect rest perfect peace perfect restoration in your presence, just like Mary. We just want to be at your feet. Just thank you, Lord. I was thinking of this uh, 2 Corinthians 3 earlier when we first pulled out of worship. It's probably one of my favorite scriptures that talks about us just worshiping him and presenting ourselves before him in 2 Corinthians 3 contrasting Moses who had to cover his face with a, with a veil because his face was shining so bright after being in the Lord's presence it says Yet how much more radiant is this new and glorious ministry of the Spirit that shines from us. Thank you, Jesus, that it's your heart that you would, you would shine out of us, that we would shine with your glory. Verse 9 says, For if the former ministry of condemnation was ushered in with a measure of glory, how much more does the ministry that imparts righteousness excel in glory. I didn't know I was that far back into this. The moment one turns to the Lord, and I think of this in worship, the moment we turn to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. <clears throat> 
Now the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit. And wherever he is Lord, there is freedom. And we can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So Jesus, tonight we just recognize the simplicity of how you set this whole thing up. That we would worship you, we would behold you, we would present ourselves before you as living sacrifices, and then your fire falls on us. That your glory falls on us as we yield to you. That you transform us, you transfigure us into the image of Jesus, the likeness of our King, as we behold your face, as we behold your glory, as we worship you and bask in your presence. We thank you, Lord, that as we do that, that we get up from the place of worship and we walk out into our city and we shine. We shine your glory. We shine the radiance of Jesus. You said that we are the light of the world. That let your light so shine before all men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So Lord, we just say tonight, we, we invite you to just peel away anything that would get in the way of your light shining out of us. Come and, and wash the windows of these temples, Lord. Wash over us and just shine out of us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Arise and shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. See darkness is over the people, thick darkness over the people in the land, but the glory of the Lord has risen over you and the brightness of his dawning is on you, it's on us. So Jesus, we thank you that you've given us light and that we, we have been sent, we are being sent to walk among the people in the darkness, showing them the path, showing them the way to you, showing them the light, the truth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we're no longer stumbling in darkness, but you have rescued us and you've placed our feet on your path in your word, it's a, it's a lamp. It's a lamp to our feet. It's a light unto our path. And the unfolding of your word gives light to our eyes. Your spirit illuminates, gives us illumination and revelation and light to see. So we thank you, Lord. We give you thanks that we are not alone. We are not in darkness, but we are children of light. 
and we just say we are yours. We are yours, Jesus. Picture where we live here on the peninsula, from Bremerton down to Gig Harbor and Pierce County, back up to Polesbow. Picture all the inlets. They're like crevices. Maybe think of where you think there's darkness in the city, in the hills and in the mountains, down the country roads, in the shipyards. And just as the Lord was showing me that there's areas that I haven't fully trusted him with, we can fully trust Jesus. We can fully trust the Father with our cities. We can fully trust the Father with the families here in the peninsula. We can fully trust him with our government, with our schools with every transaction, every person that comes through here. So Holy Spirit, I want to welcome you to just blow through here and let your fire come through the peninsula to burn up every dark place that the Father's love through the sacrifice of His Son we just pour over this area, these cities, this peninsula, all the islands, through the waterways. Anything hidden would be exposed and the darkness would be vanquished in the name of Jesus. Lord, just release your light to shine here. That Bremerton, you are a city of the Father's love. Polesbo, you are a city of the Father's love. Gig Harbor, you are a city of the Father's love. Pierce County, you pierce the darkness. Kitsap County, you are a county the Holy Spirit rests on, hovers, and you are set ablaze in the Father's love. We just give you permission to come here, to rest here. And I want to fully surrender my trust that you have our city our county, everything is in your hands, Lord. You take care of us. You provide for us. You put men and women in position of power with wise counsel. You bend their ear and they listen. Lord, I just bless every house church, every body on this peninsula, that they would be faithful to the call that you have put upon them that we would be united seeking after and pursuing you, Lord, and representing the kingdom of heaven here. Lord, let each house here on the peninsula be a house of rest. Let every household that serves you be a house of rest in their neighborhood and on their street. Release your light in the name of Jesus, into this area, into this state. This is not a dark state. This is not a dark city. This is a city who seeks first the kingdom of heaven. 
shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus will get his his glory. He will get his reward here. So we just we thank you Lord. We thank you for that tonight. I just felt like maybe one last thing as we we can kind of wind down this time and move into some ice cream time or I know Oscar's looking forward to it. His eyes just got huge. Ice cream popsicles, ice cream, whatever you want to find in that freezer. <clears throat> I just felt like um, something that the Lord, that I feel like he's inviting us just to ask him something tonight. So let's just take a moment and just ask him this. You got to say it out loud though, so you got to repeat after me. So just, just ask him this. Father God, what do you think of me? you need to ask him again if that felt like you just threw the words out there and you weren't ready to hear or maybe you did hear right away but he wants to tell you what he thinks of you so I would encourage you maybe if you need to do it again to say Father God what do you think of me and then listen perfect father you have so much encouragement and words of affirmation that you don't leave us abandoned to being trapped in lies but you tell us the truth about how you feel about us and we thank you Lord thank you for your great affection We're just wanting you to melt away our hearts, Lord, and your affection tonight and your love. Your word tells us that we can't measure the height, the depth, the width, the length, the breadth. Your, your love is deeper than we could ever imagine. And we just want to be melted into it, God. We want 
all of the hardness just to be softened with your love. As I see in your hand, Sandy, did, were you? Part of the inner healing process, <clears throat> the sozo um, tools that not everyone in this room's gone through. But, um, man, wish I could just open up a truckload of information from those tools. Part of inner healing, getting healthy and healed on the inside, which we all need it, whether you want to admit it or not. You could use a little healing and so could I. But part of, part of that healing process is hearing the Lord's voice and exchanging lies that we're believing for truth. And it's just so simple just to spend time in his presence and ask him those questions. We can ask him anytime, Father, are there any lies that I'm believing about you? And you can aim it at him. You could say, am I believing lies about you? Am I believing any lies about myself? Am I believing any lies about others or my circumstances? Pretty much covers the whole gamut. God, myself, people, and my circumstances. And if I'm believing any lies about any of those important areas of my life, <clears throat> We can ask him, you can ask him to show you if there's a lie that you're believing about him, for instance. And you'd be amazed sometimes if you ask him that. He'll tell you if there's a lie. And you would be thinking, wow, I honestly, I didn't realize I was putting that on you. That I was believing the lie that you really aren't going to be faithful to the promises that you've spoken to me or fill in the blank. And once he tells you a lie that you're believing, you get to ask him another relational question. Father God, what is the truth? He will tell you the truth. <laughs> Even just talking about it, I'm already hearing him say, I'm so for you more than you could ever imagine. And my promises never fail. I mean, it just I could, you could prophesy over yourself as you get the download. So anyway, I just want to encourage you guys with that. That was for free. Um, if there's nothing else, we'll just put an amen on this and put on some music and hang out for a little bit. I know Tammy's like, don't order pizza and stay there all night. <laughs> so last thoughts? Something I, I kind of... Um... I was like, I kind of get, but I see that, that what happens in worship, we're, we're like, uh, we're almost like generators in a sense that, that the, the more we worship, I mean, the, the, just the greater presence of God on all levels happens. It just, it, it's just, I don't have words for it because I, I see things, but I don't always have words to explain it. But just it's brighter. His, his presence is so much greater 
just just that simple act of worship I mean here but you know washing dishes at home whatever we're however we're worshiping but it just it's just a greater and greater presence a greater brightness and more impact on our lives and it just it fills us completely when we just just that purity of worship in in focusing on God is just it's awesome. <laughs> you, you hear about churches in Africa, you know, on the bush where they walk for miles in the heat and then they get underneath a little hut. I mean, maybe you've never heard. I've, I've heard that they worship for hours. They will worship until they are like translated into another dimension. You might think it's just physical exhaustion, but I think there's a key when they worship when people worship extended. I've even heard it said, well, our friends out at um, Sozo Church, the Cornells, Tom and, and Katie, um, something, something began to break when one of their African friends came and he said, you wanna see some breakthrough? Pray in tongues for the next six hours. And so, he was with them. They began to pray in tongues nonstop for hours. And as soon as that was over, he was having people come to his door who needed deliverance and they would get set free immediately. It was just the, the wildest response to extended praying in the spirit or worship. People with the need for freedom just spontaneously came to the house and the power of God came just like that. I think of another example years ago when Tammy and I first started doing some streaming of Bethel. <clears throat> it was the Open Heavens Conference. I think it was 2013. And there was uh, uh, Bobby Connor was ministering, Bill, of course, and then a guy named Bob Hartley who's from Kansas City, the IHOP church. And Amy knows who Bob Hartley is because that was a youth leader back when she was a teenager. She was like, Bob Hartley? Because he's a goofy dude. But he was getting these downloads, these grids and things that he had journaled. <clears throat> and it's hard to explain. You'd have to hear him minister prophetically. But he was getting these really super accurate prophetic words for people. But the Lord had instructed him to spend this number of hours in worship for this number of hours of revelation. Basically, you spend this amount of time in my presence worshiping, and I'm going to give you this amount of... It's not like you got to work for it, but there's a key. There's a key there. There's something about plugging in and staying plugged in until your battery is about ready to go. Poof. Your transformer is going to pop. You're just the. I think we we don't realize what we're tapping into when we worship for an hour and we're just kind of getting like, yeah, we're just getting started. I know it's hard to have a, a room full of people when we do have a full, like let's say last Sunday, if we would have pushed the envelope a little bit with everyone and said, hey, we're going to finish that first worship set, we're going to pray for a few minutes, and then we're going to worship for another hour. Who would still be staying around you know it's a challenge I'm not saying that God would have to 
aren't that honest to really to do that. But it would be a challenge because I don't think we have, most of us don't have that, I don't have that revelation fully of how powerful worship is. And yeah, it's, it's more than just singing the songs. You know, it's worship is giving my body, laying my body down as a living sacrifice, yielding. I always used to like to use that word yield itself, just kind of leaning my body, my being towards him and just surrendering over and over again, whether that's with singing songs or just in prayer or in solitude. You know? So anyway, I don't know where I was going with all that, but yeah, I think there's I think there's an invitation to go deeper. Heidi Baker, wow. Um, so many um, churches and families and church leaders that she and Roland had taught. Um, I mean, were attacked. I mean, sometimes their their children, their families were killed right in front of them. And their churches were burned, their homes were burned, their whole villages were burned. And uh, some would, would make it back to where Heidi and Roland were staying. It was like home, it was their, their source. And she was so humbled because throughout all this loss and pain in their experience, they would, they would just, they would fall out on the floor and just, just be laughing in absolute joy their surrender to the Lord and it just I mean I, where do you go with that I mean where whoa <laughs> I don't think people in this country can even begin to conceive of that kind of dedication to the Lord complete surrender that's good I, I think that I think that we, we get offended at the Lord when bad things happen, and that's what causes us to not be able to fall into his joy. Because oftentimes our circumstances, which can be something that we believe a lie about, some, oftentimes our circumstances can be negative and we'll, we'll want to blame God. We're like, well, you allowed that to happen. And then it it's a challenge for that thing to come in and get in that place where we're totally rooted in his goodness. Like he is good. The Lord is good. But he's worthy of our of our joy. He's worthy of our rejoicing in him, of our delighting. Knowing his goodness is not affected by like there's nothing, no hint of darkness in him at all. So I think as we as we stay rooted in his goodness, you know, that's one of our pillars as a church is the goodness of God. We want to be rooted in the goodness of God that we this is not a preach, but there's we call them the four God is good. Jesus blood paid for everything. No one is insignificant. And all things are possible with God. His goodness, Jesus paid it all. Not one is written off. We're all significant. Things are possible. Like pillars of being a revivalist 
and the enemy wants to try to cut across your belief in his goodness or your belief in his blood paying the full price for whatever it is that you need. Or the enemy wants you to believe that someone's significant, it's okay if they leave. Yeah, let them get offended and go off. And... Or to doubt that all things really are not possible with God. There's a message on that verse too. I'll give you guys a homework. You guys want a homework? Do you know what the Blue Letter Bible is? Online? So Barbara knows. If you don't know what it is, it was created by Calvary Chapel people. <clears throat> and it's you can go online to the blueletterbible.org or you can download the app and you can parse out any scripture into the Greek or Hebrew. And then you can click on all the different um, words and their assigned number and the full depth of, of the interpretation of those words. <clears throat> Bill brought this and I'll stop talking with this. We're basically done anyway, right? Bill, Bill brought that scripture. It says, um, I wish I knew the exact reference, the, the verse, but it says, um, with God, nothing is impossible. Okay, so you guys know that scripture, right? It's probably, with God, things are possible, or nothing, no thing is impossible. You were, if you take that verse, so you got to find it first, find the exact scripture, and then look at the Blue Letter Bible, and it says, when it says nothing is impossible, no thing, you'll find an interesting word there. It's the word rhema. Rhema. Is impossible with God. What is rhema? It's the freshly spoken word of God. And if you look into the, the, the deeper definition of that, so you have, there is no, no freshly spoken word of God is impossible. And that word impossible in the Greek, if you take some time and look it up, basically says that it, there, there's no freshly word, spoken word of God that comes without the ability to accomplish what it was sent to do. It's pretty cool. So it gives you a fresh, a fresh meaning into all things are possible. Like with God, nothing is impossible. No thing, no freshly spoken word of God is given without the ability to accomplish.